I'm Kim Blanton, and this is CRR Essentials. This podcast is the first in a series featuring work by researchers here at the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College. The center's goal is to make sure everyone can enjoy a financially secure retirement. The goal of these podcasts is to explain the relevance of our research findings to the public, financial advisors, and policymakers. Today, we're interviewing CRR economist Jeff Sonsenbacher. Jeff recently completed an interesting study funded by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation that looks at the variation in life expectancies within the U.S. population, and I'll let him explain. But his research has really important implications for proposals that would uniformly raise retirement ages and for how long we can realistically expect people to delay their retirement in order to improve their financial security in old age. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Kim. So Americans are living longer than past generations, um, and I think most of us would agree that we'd like to live longer, but who is enjoying these big gains, the bigger gains in their longevity? Yeah, living longer is always always a good thing. Um, and, yes. you know, what we've found is that, you know, just like inequality in income has been going up in the United States now for, for decades, um, so is inequality in mortality. So in this study, we looked at um, people divided up into different education groups, so uh, four groups of education from lowest to highest. And what we found is that people in the highest education uh, group uh, were the ones who experienced the biggest gains in their longevity. Um, And that difference held whether we were looking at uh, men or women. And why did you use education rather than, say, income to measure life expectancy? Yeah, the really nice thing about education is that it's set very early uh, in your life, uh, well before anything like health has come into play. So another thing that you could use instead of... um, instead of education is something like income and uh you know which is a natural way to divide people up the problem with that is that if you're looking at someone late in life and they have a low income it could actually be because they're unhealthy and so that could really exaggerate the relationship you see between poor people and and mortality because the poor people some of them are poor because they're unhealthy and so you might see a, a, real, a lot of inequality when, in fact, there's, there's not quite as much as you're So education may be a better So education is a little bit better because mm-hmm. it starts earlier in life. And so now what you did, one of the most important things you did is you estimated the changes in longevity over time for about 1.5 million older Americans yep. in, in the data set, right? The yep. earliest of, this, of them were born in like in the 1870s, just giving yes. pe- people an idea how far <laughs> back you went. Yep. So what has happened to their longevity over this period you studied, which was looking at longevity between 1979 uh, through 2000. Yeah, so what um, what we did is we divided people up into what we called educational quartiles. And that's, you know, it's a super fancy way of saying into quarters so that each, each group was 25% of the population. And we looked at people when they turned 65, how long would we expect them to live from that point on? And what we found is that men in the lowest educational group uh, gained about four years of life expectancy between 1979 and 2011. And so in 1979, for example, they were expected to live till 77 and a half years old. And by 2011, we'd expect that same, a person in that same education group to live to 81 and a half, so a four-year improvement. But for the highest educated group of men, it was a six-year improvement, so a full 50% higher. Um, and so you know, the main conclusion of the study is just, look, mortality has always been unequal, but that inequality has gotten, gotten worse in the last, uh, basically, uh, three decades. So the difference in the gap in longevity between men at the top and the bottom in terms of their, their educational quartiles have increased. Exactly. So what about women? Yeah, women uh, show a difference of roughly the same magnitude. For, for, for women, um, 
the lowest uh, group of women in terms of education saw an improvement of about 1.4 uh, years at age 65, and the highest group more than double that at 3.2 years. I think the other thing that's worth noting about that, you know, for men, I said the lowest group was four, the highest group was six, for women, 1.4 and 3.2. And what that means is men are kind of closing in on women in terms of how long they're, they're living. And so I think everyone's well aware of the fact that women live longer than men, and that's, that's true today just as it has been. But that gap's closing. And you see the least educated women are the ones who are doing by far the worst in terms of mortality uh, improvements over the last three decades. And I think that's you know, something that's um, worth noting about, about the study. So you don't go into this in your research. It's not really the purpose of your research. But what are the theories about why this is happening, that this gap between the well-educated and the least educated is really growing in terms of how long we all we live? Right. I mean, so... Uh, one thing that's happened over the last three decades is that college-educated men have really seen their earnings increase, whereas people with the least education have not. And so, you know, that lower income can really translate itself, um, you know, potentially to worse diets, um, to uh, to less time to exercise, um, uh, potentially income is correlated with smoking and that kind of thing. So. I guess some theories are related to health behaviors that may be caused by the fact that one group is seeing um, income increases and one group isn't. Um, you know, it well, we know how expensive health care is, right. for example. Yeah, we know how expensive health care is. And it could also be um, – and it could also simply be that, you know, if, if you've, you're living for 30, 40 years, you're not seeing your income go up very much. That could be very stressful. And so it could be that the stress of being low income is, is getting worse as some people see gains and other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't really know the answer yet, but I think those are all uh, avenues that would be interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jeff, why is this particular educational measure that you're using um, so important to your study? Yeah, so uh, – um, as I said earlier, we divided people into four educational groups, and these groups are called quartiles, which is basically a fancy way of saying we divided people up into quarters. Um, and the reason we did that is an- another way to do it would be to say, look, we're going to look at high school dropouts, so we're going to see whether or not high school dropouts in 1979 live longer or less long than high school dropouts in 2011. The problem is someone who was 65 years old in 1979 was born in 1914, if I'm doing my math right. And back then, it was very common for people not to graduate high school. You know, um, a lot of our grandparents and great-grandparents didn't graduate high school. Um, and so if you look at people in 2011 who are 65, they were born, you know, in the 1950s, and, and then it was not normal at all to not graduate high school. And so if you looked at high school dropouts over that entire period, that group... For that would, lowest group. Yeah, for that lowest group, they become increasingly different. At first, they'd be kind of a group of of people in the economic mainstream. And then by 2011, they'd be a group of people who are very much in the minority. And so if you saw uh, that mortality got worse over that period for that group, you wouldn't know if it was because it actually got worse or because that group got increasingly kind of small and select. And so what we did instead is divided people up into equal quarters of education. And basically that allowed us to get around uh, this problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So now you, now I want, would like you to tie these longevity differences to retirement. Um, people with lower um, education, lower what you economists call socioeconomic status, are yeah. basically at a, at, a, at a disadvantage in terms right. of years of retirement. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we at our center and um, we're always telling people to do is, you know, work longer, work longer. And the reason is, is pretty simple. The longer you work, 
um, A, the more time you have to save, and B, the less time you have to use that money that you're saving. And so that can really help people have a better retirement. Um, but that advice, obviously, uh, isn't as good for lower-educated people who aren't going to have as much time to enjoy that um, to enjoy that retirement. So one of the things we did in this study is asked, okay, if you were going to um, – if you're going to make it so that people could maintain their same length of time in retirement, how much longer could people work today than in the past? And so, you know, for the least educated men, if in 1979 they worked until, 19, until age 65, today they could work all the way up until age 68 and still get the same length of retirement, because which is good. Because they are living longer. They are longer, living longer, right? so that's an improvement for them. But for the most educated men, they could work all the way to, all the way to 70. So if we tell people, you know, it'd be good if you could work till 70 so that you have a nice retirement, that's going to um, hurt low-educated people a little bit more than high-educated mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And for women, the same pattern holds. And so, um, and so that's one of, the, one of the big issues with this rising inequality is that it, it really changes the advice that, as researchers, we feel like we should be giving uh, different educational groups. Um, and so in a way, it's just a question of fairness. Yeah, exactly. Is it fair to ask people to cut into the retirement disproportionately? Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's a question we have to ask ourselves, uh, you know, as a society. Mm-hmm. But um, it, is, it is a question that comes out of this research. Mm-hmm. So our center often, as you've said, uh, encourages people to delay retirement, work more years to improve their financial security. There also is talk about changing policies to increase retirement ages across the board. This right. could be in a government program, public-private pension plan. Um, but what are the potential implications of your research for such policies? Um, do these unequal gains in longevity mean uniformly raising the retirement age? Um, you know, is there a counterargument to that? Or, I mean, I, I think that the problem with with kind of increasing retirement is say say that you you run a, a pension for an employer and you wanted to make your retirement age contingent on people's education or something like that. Um, to be fair, I mean, obviously that. That's you know maybe fair in this in this construct, but at the same time there are administrative complications to it. Um, there are some people are going to think it's unfair because they have a college education. Why should they be made to work longer? And so I think what we're talking about here is a particular kind of fairness, which is fairness in the length of time someone's retired. And that being said, um, having different retirement ages for different people is obviously difficult to implement. So I think. What this research is really doing is saying, as policymakers and as researchers, we should be aware of the fact that when we're giving this kind of advice, mm-hmm. you know, is it, um, is it advice that we should expect everyone to follow or that we should want everyone to follow? And mm-hmm. if not, what do we do for those groups that are kind of uh, adversely affected by this advice? Right. So I think that's mm-hmm. where that is. Um, did this research give any other ideas for your next project? Yeah, I mean – I think at this point, this the general idea that more, a mortality is unequal across groups, and b that inequality is getting worse, I think has now been well established, kind of by our research and by other other papers in this in this field. And so the question you asked earlier, Kim, which is why is that happening, I think is a really interesting one, and I, I gave some some reasons, but um, I don't think we really know why it's getting worse. And so. To me, that's the next thing that I'm interested in looking at is, is A, why is it getting worse? And B, you know, what's going on with really low-educated women? They're, they're seeing the lowest gains of all. And, um, you know, that group's been working more recently. Um, what do you been, mean by working more? They're kind of uh, in the labor force more often mm-hmm. than they used to be. They're, they're with men who have had trouble in the labor force. And so I wonder how kind of those things interact to lead to these poor um, life expectancy outcomes. And so I think that's a direction for future research, for sure. 
we will stay tuned. Thank you, Jeff, for speaking with us. Thank you for having me.